The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Now, here's your host, Faraz Sadiqi and Zach Rizzuto. All right, let's move on to tight ends now. Now, unlike starting wide receivers, most tight ends aren't running around on nearly as many dropbacks. So, as you made clear multiple times, wrap participation is a pretty important utilization metric to be aware of for the tight end position. So, two questions there. Um, do targets usually catch up to wrap participation if they aren't there? For example, should we be buying low on a tight end who has who has high wrap participation but just hasn't seen the targets for two weeks in a row? And the related question is, what is the threshold you want to see for a tight end to be startable? You know, maybe you can go, yeah. you know, through the range of guys like Kelsey, Andrews, Hawkinson, and then compare it to like fringe tight end, t- tight end ones or, or high end tight end twos. Yeah, really, really good questions. Um, so that that threshold for tar- for yards per route run, we want that 80%, right? We can live on 70% if it's an uber uber talented tight end. But 80%, historically speaking, when you get to that range, it's kind of hard to not be a top 12 tight end. And at worst, you're probably going to be a high-end tight end too. Now, talent still comes in. So your targets per route run do not always follow that route participation. Pretty decent amount they do because teams know, like if they're going to put their tight end into a route, like, you know, for the most part, like they know that's probably one of their better receivers. And so it will follow to an extent. But where I get real careful with it, there are times where I'll see a, a first few years of the season there will be a tight end. I'm like, wow, man, 80% route participation. But then I'm like, oh, their college profile, they didn't earn targets. Their rookie year, they didn't earn targets. I'm just kind of like, I'm, I'm kind of talking about Cole Komet. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and I'm like, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, I, maybe. And he did. Like He ended up being like that borderline tight end one Like when that happened that right. year. But there wasn't a ton of upside that was still there. Now, if you get a player that you know you have seen be a really good target earner in college, and then they do it, you know, early in their NFL career, and now suddenly they get that eighty percent, that's when you get a Travis Kelsey. Um, so Kyle Pitts is the example here. Arthur Smith, can we just not outsmart ourselves? Can we just keep Kyle Pitts on the field for 85 percent route participation? We have guys like you know the, the best guys in the league might see ninety percent. Right. TJ Hawkinson battled this stuff early in his early in his career, not quite being out there enough. So you got to you got to get on the field enough, but you still need to be able to earn those targets. And but if you've got some leading indicators, yes, typically the targets are going to follow along and it can be a way that you can go make trades in your league 
for guys that maybe are underperforming, but you know they have the talent and they're on the field. Um, and it can be a sell high moment for you, right? It can be someone that's just out here with a 60% route participation. And you're like, this ain't going to last. This dude can't keep getting all these yards. Now, coaches could always change their mind around that player and suddenly give them more work later yeah. in the season. So you got to be careful. Again, that's where that whole profile comes in. But if right. it's a flash in the pan, like this person came out of nowhere, you're like, they weren't good in college, haven't been good before now, only playing 60% of the routes. But I picked them up after week one and they've scored a touchdown three weeks in a row and they've got like right. 60 yards a game. I'm trading that player. Like I'm exactly. moving on from that player. I, I could still be wrong, but probabilities say I'm going to be right. And then the flip-flop is also true, like as far as buying those guys. But yeah, when you like look at like tearing them out, um, like the, the the top target earners at the tight end position, not quite as high as what you see at wide receiver. Our expectations are a little lower. So 21%. Remember tight end, or sorry, wide receiver was 25. Now I break these down. I don't do tight end one versus tight end two because who wants to start a tight end two? I actually break of the course. tight end ones down into four buckets. Tight ends one through three, tight ends four through six, tight ends seven through nine, and tight end tens through 12. So we're talking about all tight end ones, but you know the different ranges of a tight end one skill set. So 21% is typically your tight end ones to three, 19% target share four to six, 17% seven to nine, and then tight end 10 to 12 is a 15% target share. So like your Dalton Schultz's of the world are like in that seven to nine, 10 to 12. Your Travis Kelsey's, your Kyle Pitts. Notice I mentioned Kyle Pitts again. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, your Mark Andrews, they're up there in that top bucket. And in fact, right. like they're above that. Those guys are actually above that. And then air yards also still matter, but like your thresholds come down for tight ends 22% for the best guys, all the way down to like your tight end 10 to 12. So they're 14%. And then obviously your other two buckets are in the middle. So if we're looking at guys like Chico Conquo last year and mm -hmm. to a much lesser extent, Jake Ferguson, who actually had a pretty respectable yards per route run on an extremely, yeah. extremely small sample size, right? Oconquo first in yards per route run among all tight ends, right? Last year, Ferguson was up there. You know, you have these guys who are going to move way up in route participation, right? The Titans losing Austin Hooper, Cowboys lost Dalton Schultz, you know, like Jake Ferguson's obviously like super late round, last round pick, you know, probably waiver wire ad. But these guys, you know, are these guys going to be on your radar because of the fact that they're going to be moving way up in routes? Oconco middle rounds, right? You know, so this is more so leaning towards a question of, you know, there are talent factors or efficiency metrics that you look for in the tight end position, you know, when they end up getting more opportunity and running more routes, right? Yes, for sure. So Ferguson's a name to know. Like it could be a rotation. We don't know. But yeah. he did flash. It was on a small sample. You already clarified it. But the way I think about it, even so, just so people know, a lot of these metrics, there are different points where they stabilize. But like as a rule of thumb, between 200 and 250 routes, that's where a lot of this stuff stabilizes. And you can say, right. oh, okay, that's probably a decent indicator of like how good the player is, right? Under that, it's kind of like the Wild Wild West. But I will still use it because you're splitting hairs between other guys. And my thought is, well, may have been a small sample, but at least he showed it. <laughs> These right. other guys on their small sample, they didn't show me anything. So doesn't always work out, right? Those things can be hits. They can be misses. But with Chig, man, you you nailed it. 26% targets per route run, uh, 2.61 yards per route run. That's freaking fantastic for a tight end. 1.7% of his receptions went for touchdowns. That's probably going to come down. That's probably going to be more like 1%. They also used him a lot in the screen game last year. That's kind of a big indicator when your team is like, we're going to treat you like Debo. 
that says there's something special about your skill set. Some people look at that negatively and they're like, oh man, that can't scale. And I'm like, okay. But if he runs more routes and let's say on his normal routes, he gets 18, 20% targets per route run. And then he also gets like these extra 10 to 15 plays where they're just going to design something for him. Like they do Debo. Like, I think that can still be a plus right for him. So right. when I look at Chig, I really like him. I think he can win on efficiency. Uh, if you look at what's happened since DeAndre Hopkins has joined the team, like his ADP has plummeted. Like I actually like, but I like drafting Chig more now yeah. than before because Chig before, like it was pretty aggressive. Like it was like round 11. You had to get yeah. in the, you had to jump in the boat with Chig and, and, and there were good things I was drafting in there, but now well, actually it was, he might've got up to round 10. I can't remember for us, but like now, like there, there are drafts where people just completely ignore him. I'll get him like 20 picks past ADP. And I'm right. like, okay guys, like, I don't think this guy, yeah, he's still too good to be passing that late. His profile checks all the boxes of being a future elite tight end one, right? It may not happen, but probabilities are when you see a player like this, they're the better bet than players that don't have these sort of metrics. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast exactly i love it i love it okay now is this going to be the year of the rookie tight end Dwayne? we have three potential rookie tight ends who could have tight end one level or high end tight end one level participation, right? You got Dalton Kincaid, potentially Sam Laporta, Luke Musgrave. Can all three of these guys potentially finish as fantasy tight end ones this year? Like, and while you're answering that, can you explain why fantasy tight ends usually don't have big fantasy seasons during their rookie season? Yeah, this is something that, you know, and overall is right. Like you will hear people say, Hey, rookie tight ends, pretty much stink for fantasy, right? So anytime I hear something like that, and it's true, you can go back and look. Number one, you go look, you're like, yep, it's true. They're, they're usually not very good. But I started to look into like, well, okay, like why? Like, why is that? Um, and what I found digging deeper in, there was a couple of things. The reason we don't see tight ends in their rookie season typically succeed is not because they can't earn targets. If they showed us that in college, if they did, weren't any good in that in college, they can't just suddenly typically become good in that NFL. But like Sam Laporta, let's take him as an example. Really good target earner in college. Broke out early. 
all the metrics we want to see despite playing on a terrible passing offense. This offense was like one of the worst you've ever seen. Like I, I could hardly stomach as good as Laporta is. I could hardly stomach watching it because the quarterback like was just <laughs> so terrible. Um, sorry, Iowa fans. Let's, let's look. You guys know you have the tight end you. So just take your victory there. You've got George right. Kittle. You've got Laporta. You got Dallas Clark. You got Noah fan. We like go on and on. You, you have all the elite tight ends, but the biggest thing is that playing time. And if you do look at the last two rookies that at least got to a 75% route participation, Kyle Pitts and Evan Ingram, they both finished, they both finished as tight end ones. Those were guys that showed target pedigree in college. They got the early round draft capital, and then they got playing time in their rookie year. When I look at Laporta, go look at the Lions depth chart. For us, like you pay attention to this. This is your job. Can you even name another tight end on the Lions depth chart? Uh, Brock Wright got hurt, didn't he? Uh, Brock Wright's still there, but oh, he's still there. Was that the other guy? That was uh, it. I yeah, think that Zilstra. Was it. Zilstra. Zilstra. Got hurt. That's right. Zilstra got hurt. That's Most people it. can't do that, and you can probably only do it because we make funny jokes in our community of, oh, well, he can block right. <laughs> that's all. <laughs> that's all. That's, that's all. That's all. What we about got the though? Packers? Can you name another tight end behind Luke Musgrave? Uh, the dude that they, the other dude that they draft, the draft. <laughs> yeah, craft. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so craft. you're actually right. doing way better than like normal person on the street would do. But the point being is like, there's nothing standing in these guys' way, right? right. In the in the case of Musgrave, it's another rookie who they took later, right? In the case of you know Laporta, it's someone that they really don't want on the field. It's going to be tougher for Michael Mayer. Austin Hooper is just enough yeah. of a challenge. Right, that's and, all and you he need. Did, he he did that to Chig last year, so he could definitely yes. do it to Austin. He he could do it to uh, to Mayor this year. Dalton Kincaid, I love, but he will need to play the slot because Dawson Knox is good enough, and he he's not really good. Dawson Knox is not a tight end I really want to target. He's not a target earner. He's not no. like he doesn't check the boxes for me other than the, the offense he plays in. But he's good enough to keep a player like Dalton Kincaid off the field. Kincaid's very dependent on them either using him in the slot. Are running a ton of 12 personnel so right. there's risk now the reward is he probably has the biggest upside if they do those things right. he might be the second best target on an offense with a great quarterback that wants to throw all the time but i do think that this year we see at least one tight end in the top 12 maybe two i think at a minimum you're gonna have another one pushing like to be in the top 12 maybe they're in that 13 14 15 range but i think everything is just lined up these guys were good target earners in college Musgrave really wasn't, but he wins in a different way. He yeah. he he wins via the big A dot plays. So he doesn't need as many targets to pay off his, you know, uh, to to actually get there for what he needs for fantasy because like he was 85th percentile average depth of target going back to 2014 for college tight ends. Like this guy, like he's a seam stretcher. That's going to give him an opportunity to score long touchdowns. He's probably going to be a big part of their red zone package. He's going to get touchdowns there as well. So their paths are a little different. But I anticipate Laporta and Musgrave getting to 80% route participation in the rookie season. Musgrave did it week one of the preseason. He hit 80% yeah. exactly with the starters. And then Laporta was at 100% over the first two drives with the Lions. So I think uh, it's one preseason game, guys. Like I'm not saying it's everything, but it <laughs> lines up with what the beat reporters for both teams have been yeah. telling us all exactly. offseason, which is that these guys are going to be the starting, the undisputed Tight end ones for their teams. All right, all right, Dwayne. Last question. Okay, let's go there. Okay, Kyle Pitts. Let's go there. Right there right. is the offensive environment in Atlanta that is a concern, but let's talk about the player. Okay, do you believe that Kyle Pitts has 
overall tight end one capability at some point? And if so, maybe this year, you know, what are the factors you're looking at to determine that? And why do those factors matter? Yes, he has the talent profile. I, I, I'm a believer that it's only if, you know, uh, not if, but when for Kyle Pitts for a tight end one overall season, right? I think it's definitely in his range of outcomes. Top three season. Uh, he's a top three tight end in the league right now, as far as metrics that correlate super highly, right? To all the things we've been talking about. So if you look at his uh, targets per route run, 27%. What tight end was better than that in the league last year, you asked, that had at least 250 routes? There wasn't one. He's it. He was actually above Travis Kelsey and Mark Andrews, who are at 25%. Those are great players. Like, I'm still ranking Travis Kelsey and Mark Andrews ahead of Kyle Pitts. So don't like freak out on me. But he has the talent. Look at his air yard share, 34%. That, that's a wide receiver one number. 31% remembers the number we want for a wide receiver. He's crushing what tight ends do, right? You look at his average depth of target, 13.7. He can stretch the field. Getting a 13.7 A dot and having a 27% targets per route run is not probably shouldn't even be possible for a tight end. That, for all intents and purposes, Kyle Pitts is a receiver, guys. And you're getting to play him in a tight end position in fantasy. You should be buying him up in dynasty. And you should be selling all the fear, uncertainty, and doubt you can around the fact that the Falcons quarterbacks could be terrible. True. The Falcons could run the ball a ton. True. He's got to compete with Drake London. True. So what I can't tell you is if Kyle Pitts is going to be a top three tight end this year. But I can tell you it's eventually happening. And I think he's still someone you should have inside your top five. And the last thing I'll say on him is, I get a lot of people like, nope, I'm out on Kyle Pitts. And so my first question will be, okay, great. Um, are you in on Jahan Dotson? Yeah, yeah, I like Jahan Dotson. Okay. Are you in on, you know, DJ Moore? Oh, yeah, I love DJ Moore. Okay. Are you in on Brandon Ayuk? Oh, yeah, man, I love, love Brandon Ayuk, baby. Well, then you should be in on Kyle Pitts. It's the same thing. These are guys that have all the underlying data points that tell us they're really good players, and we're worried about their situation. We're worried about their quarterback. We're worried about how much they're going to run the ball. All of these guys have different factors we're concerned about, yet people want to be so certain that they won't take Kyle Pitts over them. Why? It's only due to recency bias. Because if you drafted Kyle Pitts in round three last year of your fantasy league, and guys, I did it a lot. Confession. I didn't win any of them. I went back and looked. He was a complete bust. His underlying data, though, was not a bust. He was good. He's just had some really unlucky crap go against him. Uh, no tight end saw more uncatchable passes than what Kyle Pitts saw last year. It was horrendous, right? Something has got to break his way. The talent is there. So go buy him in Dynasty. And you absolutely... I've been getting him in round seven, man, of best ball drafts. In round seven... I could take a player at tight end that if I get it right and he pops off, it's a huge advantage over your league mates, right? Or I can take another wide receiver that, you know, I like. And good, I want him to pop off too, but the positional advantage is not the same. If Kyle Pitts hits, strategically, he will be worth more to you than Jahan Dotson because you're getting him at a position where everyone else in your league is going to be scrambling. And now you've got one of the elite guys. Like, it's just, it's the same thing we see with Kelsey. The year before with Andrews. Andrews had a 30% best ball mania uh, three advance rate. Travis Kelsey had a 30% best ball mania advance rate last year. If you get one of these guys, it's a huge difference maker for your team. 2400 Sports is an Odyssey company. 